Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Blue Collar Blacklisted. I'm your host, Stanley. For those who are unfamiliar, we are going to cover the last week in politics for you. We're going to read this so you don't have to. And Buford, you have something that you wanted to open with? Yeah, I do. You know, this week we heard that gas passed $8 a gallon in California. Diesel was over $6 a gallon. And so just in case you were wondering, where's all of our oil going? I stumbled across this headline from American Shipper. U.S. exports even more oil as domestic gasoline and diesel prices spike. January to May, crude exports at all-time high. Refined products exports back to pre-COVID levels. U.S. energy exports are booming at the very time domestic gasoline and diesel prices are at or near their peaks. With America's fuel prices expected to rise even further, the resource nationalism debate, should we be exporting commodities we need, is heating up. According to new tanker cargo volume data from Kepler, U.S. crude exports averaged 3.13 million barrels a day in January to May. That's the best first five months of the year, ever. Exports of clean petroleum products, including the diesel and gasoline in such high demand domestically, average 2.32 million barrels a day. That's the best first five months since 2019, which is pre-COVID. U.S. gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel markets are tight because seaborne exports are now strong, whereas U.S. refining capacity is down 860,000 barrels a day relative to late 2019, the senior commodity analyst at Kepler told American Shipper. This is a textbook case of a refinery sector that is running hard and yet does not have the capacity to meet demand, he said. This is not a problem easily fixed. So where are the exports going? They're going to Europe. Along with a lot of them, more of our other stuff. Yes. <laughs> a lot of our money, weapons, and everything else. Yes. So it says um, European imports from the U.S. were 1.27 million barrels a day in May, a record high, accounting for 40% of all imported U.S. barrels. So... I mean, how does that make our listeners feel? We're over here paying record prices, and they're sending our oil to Europe. And the the thing that that stuck out to me is uh, a problem not easily fixed, and it's definitely not easily fixed when you have the the level of ineptitude and incompetence and corruption and and leadership and at all levels of federal leadership here. And the indignation that the that the res, the resident of the United States that's what uh, that's what I refer to him now as the resident because that's what he is <laughs> and uh, he uh, he he made a lot of uh, snarky comments this week as far as basically basically and I'm paraphrasing here but get used to it like, we, there's nothing we can do and then uh, I can't really yelling. Uh, the energy secretary was saying that uh, 
they miscalculated inflation and there's nothing we can do. Yeah, didn't she say that, like, she didn't understand it in the beginning or something like that? It's obviously she didn't understand. I don't know that she said yeah. that, but it's obvious that she that you, do, you don't. Or yeah. or a lot of people believe, and, and you could easily make the argument that this, that this is by design. One thing that you can't make an argument against is that the Biden family and this, these are some of the most disgusting degenerate reprobates <laughs> I've ever seen. I was super excited about this. And for any first time listeners, you may have heard about our special segment this week in idiot cross-dressing confused moron pervert Democrat, not job wackos. And usually I would file this under, under that, but this is too good. I can't wait. And this is on Daily Mail. And so there's a list of bullet points the way Daily Mail usually uh, organize their articles. And I want to omit some of those bullet points. I'll hit some because then I'll get to the, the really good juicy stuff in the body of the article. So I'll have to omit some few things, but uh, this is rich. So if you have a... a <laughs> And this is in jest, obviously. If you have a positive opinion of Joe Biden, you shouldn't be listening to this show. But if you are, you might want to turn it off now. Exclusive, Hunter Biden's search history reveals his obsession with porn and sex fantasies, including 18-year-olds, lonely widows, and, quote, milk crack cocaine porn. He uploaded his own amateur videos. And one of the bullet points is, warning, boom, graphic content. This guy is a pervert. <clears throat> Gangway. Hunter Biden's internet search history from March 2019 reveals his obsession with porn and penchant for filming himself having sex with prostitutes. And a lot of this we already knew. There's one key element I'm, I'm covering this story for. The president's son, who dated his late brother's wife, Haley, repeatedly searched Pornhub for titles involving, quote, lonely widows, as well as videos with 18 and 19-year-old girls. Now, let's get down to the body of it. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the real meat and potatoes here. And again, some, there's going to be a lot of overlap for people that know. But in, and I can't remember which, which exact faction. I know they're affiliated with Trump's uh, legal team somehow has put this. Uh, I can almost remember the name of the person that did it or was behind the orchestration of it. They, they took their copy of, of Hunter Biden's laptop hard drive and they put it into a searchable database online. And so that's where some of this is coming from. Hunter Biden's search history reveals an, reveals an obsession with porn, including incest fantasies. 18 years old, lonely widow porn, milk, milk crack cocaine porn, Gosh. as well as well as instructions on how to hack a lover's cell phone and repeated Google searches of himself. The list search, the list of searches covers just six days in March of 2019 before he broke his laptop, took it to be repaired in a Delaware shop, and then abandoned it. But it is packed full of revealing and disturbing websites. Dozens of videos on the laptop also reveal Hunter's penchant for filming himself having sex with prostitutes and posting the home movies on his own Pornhub account under the username R.H. East. The president's son took care not to show his face in his uploaded videos. Uh, so here's the history itself. Wow. Homemade fit 40-year-old Annapolis porn videos. 18 years old and really good at writing. And that's one of the bad things. You know, I've t obviously talked extensively on here about being anti-porn, but dude, the amount of children that are involved in Pornhub had to remove a ton of their content last year or the year before because they couldn't verify the age of a lot of the, the female participants in said videos. And so there's a lot of trafficked females in porn. 
And there's also a lot of underage trafficked females in porn. So hold that thought. Let, let's get through the rest of this so I can really uh, do the line drive on, on this article here. Do you like my golf references? I've never played golf except for mini golf, which I'm really good at in my life. Yeah, I know. And you referenced that in the last show, too. Golf has some great analogies, I guess. I think it's because last week we were talking about golf on the phone. And you were saying something about how if you didn't work so much, I would you golf. would take up golf. I think I would. Yeah. I might. I don't know. I'd try it. I hear people that golf have a lot of back problems, though. Seriously. Oh, well, that wouldn't be good. My back yeah. don't feel good today. Of the 281 websites captured in their browsing history over six days, 98 were pornographic. My gosh. Shockingly, Hunter texted a link. No, to me, this not shockingly. And here is the, uh, this is the crowning jewel of this article. Hunter texted a link to a Pornhub page to a phone number he had saved in his contact book as dad on October 22nd, 2018. Hunter, who had controversial relationship with his brother's widow, also repeatedly searched porn up for videos involving widows, including homemade widow porn, homemade lonely widow porn, and lonely widow porn. The Biden son, who was 49 at the time, searched for porn videos involving teenagers, according to his browsing history. And then videos he visited included a lot of nasty stuff. And again, that so there, I have not seen it, but I think that there, some of the people that saw it were reporting that there was there was photographs of him on that hard drive in bed naked with Haley, his, which would be his deceased brother's wife, who he's having a sexual relationship with, with their, with, with, so his niece, his brother's daughter in bed, and he's not clothed. Hang on. So his sister-in-law and his niece? No, no, no. Or his he, niece. His niece, but now he did have a sexual relationship with the mother, which yeah. was right. Yeah, yeah, and so which she just was talking about. No, you know, his ex-wife was talking about that in a book. I read a headline about that. But so, how old is his niece, or how old was she when this was going on? Uh, I want to say around 14, 11 to fourteen. Really, the, the best I recall. Yeah, because in some of the previous leaked emails. Or no, I'm sorry. Some of the, the the text that they revealed from him to other family members and to Haley, the mother, he was which they redacted the child's name. Well, quote unquote, you know, theoretically, they redacted the name, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to see that it's most likely, you know, the legal way of saying this. The, the niece. And so, because he was talking to Haley about keeping her away from him and uh, he, you know, saying that he's a pervert and X, Y, and Z. It, it was very, very weird. And why wouldn't it be? Look at what kind of dirt bag this, as if we didn't already know the guy was a dirt bag. I'm just saying, like, the, the, the sexual, like, sickness of this, the perversion of this guy. And so the crazy thing, not crazy, but the bad thing is, you know, Joe Biden's own daughter, I think that maybe Ashley, she had in her book, she was talking about, you know, having showers with Joe Biden at around like way too old. Like, yeah. And so, and everybody knows Joe Biden's penchant for touching children, sniffing children, saying weird, inappropriate things to children. And here you have his son sending him porno 
links to like, could you even begin to imagine if they had evidence from a hard drive that belonged to one of Trump's children sending Donald Trump porno links? Oh, I know. I was, I was thinking about that as you were reading, and I was gonna absolutely, dude. This would be twenty four seven news. Yeah. And, and the difference is too is that if if that if if that occurred and Donald Trump Jr. for an example was sending Donald Trump porno links, I I would be like, dude, that's that's sick, man. Like y'all got an issue. Like this guy is is, is a weirdo. Yeah. I wouldn't make excuses for that sick behavior. Whereas the leftist will, which again, when you're so perverted, like because I say it all the time, dude. If you're a registered Democrat. You might as well go on down and register as a sex offender. So this stuff doesn't bother them. Democrats love pornography. Democrats apparently, by my estimation, love child trafficking because they love to push porno onto children and a multitude of other sick things. And and again, I won't go on the the anti-porn tirade. And for those that, that aren't aware, I'm not saying I'm not preaching from a Jasper throne of sanctimony. I've looked at more porn than just about anybody probably in my time. You, you got to leave the stuff alone. It's a cancer. It's, it, and this is the type of stuff that it, that it does. It, it infects a, a person's mind, which, again, this guy is already predisposed to all these hard narcotics and everything else. And, dude, this search history, as you can see, doesn't stop, and it's full of filth. Like, th- Yeah, and this is— This guy's brain is gone. It's done. And there will be a link to this in the show notes. and, and Not to the that, actual porn itself. Correct. That's what I wanted to make sure everybody <laughs> knows. I mean, this is not showing the porn. This is showing— his search history, like what the guy was. So it's describing for. the porn that he's yeah. looking for. This, this shows the character of this guy. I mean, this or shows the, lack the character. Yeah, exactly. Of the resident's son. Yes, absolutely, dude. And that, and that's when when you have the resident talking down to you, and uh, you know, just the way he is, and you see these things, dude. And remember, this is the smartest guy Joe Biden knows, by the way. His words, not mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, I guess that's what happens when you get uh, dementia. Yes, and we will have more on the laptop after the intro. You can email us, info at bcblpodcast.com. You can find us on the web at bcblpodcast.com. True Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. Pardon me, I've been through this rant several times, mainly because of your surgery. We had some shows go out kind of sporadic, and we're working on doing more stuff. We've made some changes here, I think, a lot, you know, for the better. Um, a lot of a lot of positive things going on, a lot of growth here lately. And so, uh, and for the algorithm purposes, uh, if you're still going, because a lot of people I talk to are still going and, and searching to see if, you know, once a week, what we've posted. If you set up the notifications, you're not going to get a bunch of emails or anything like that. It'll just show up in, in in your notes one time and one time only every time a show posts. So, do yourself a favor and subscribe. And we we keep talking about it. Uh, the the Dan Schultz Precinct Strategy book that that we got a couple of to to give out. And so, leave us a five star review. Like the first person to leave us a good uh, lengthy uh, descriptive five star review, and. We'll we'll just look at the timestamp. We will send you a Dan Schultz Precinct Strategy book. That's fair, right? Yes. Yeah. Leave us a five star review with a nice lengthy description or whatever a medium description, short description. First one to do it, uh, judge by the timestamp, we'll send you a uh, Dan Schultz Precinct Strategy. Just email us a screenshot of what you did, and we'll uh, we'll get one to you. Um, Absolutely. And also, you can go to the website uh, bcblpodcast.com. 
on there, you can put your email address to subscribe to the uh, mailing list. And not necessarily a mailing list because we don't have a newsletter right now, but we will in the future for like break, late breaking news and things. But what that will do is it'll also uh, let you know when we, as soon as we release the latest podcast, it'll shoot you a notification personally and let you know. So just an email. And yeah, yeah. Just so an email. you won't inundate their emails with correct. with a with a ton of junk. Okay, correct. Cool. You'll yeah. get one email only as soon as the uh, podcast is released. Cool. And and again, for the algorithm purposes, please by all means leave us leave us a review um, and subscribe. And uh, if you have an iPhone, join us on Truth Social. And if you don't, you can uh, go through your browser now on Truth Social. I think we talked about that last week. But I have a lot of fun on there. There's a lot of uh, activity and uh, interaction with people on there. I like it a lot because uh, I never had Twitter. I never did that. I'm not like a social media person. But this one's like really hub-centric to to conservative politics. And, man, I there's so there's tons of good articles, tons of good information. I have a, a – I have a blast on there. Like I, I probably spend a little more time than I should on there, but <laughs> it's fun. I like it. I like it a lot. So yeah, join us on there. Yeah. I've been hearing good things about it. Regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others. Uh, if you are for, uh, uh, providing misinformation out there algorithms. I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. Public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. And next up, we have more on the Hunter Biden laptop. And this is on the New York Post. This guy does not look like a slime ball at all. And no, I'm not talking about Hunter Biden. I'm talking about this attorney that's going to do damage control. New bid to spend Hunter Biden's laptop. As Hunter Biden waits for the outcome of the Delaware criminal federal investigation into his taxes and overseas business dealings to be made public, new allies are attempting to flip the script on the scandal of his infamous laptop. Because now... Even all of your leftist outlets have had to admit that it's it's legit, it's authentic, which anybody with a brain knew this the whole time. Kevin Morris, the generous Los Angeles entertainment lawyer who loaned Hunter more than $2 million to pay off his tax debts, has launched a sensational public relations campaign to discredit the laptop and divert attention from its damning revelations of the Biden family's International Influence Peddling Scheme. Morris, 58, has assembled a team of 30 lawyers and investigators to help his friend Hunter, 50, wow. 52, blunt the impact of the Delaware probe, according to CBS News. But leaks, is, leaks from inside the Morris camp and a hand-scrawled mind map he used to share with confidants show a chaotic disinformation project attempting to rewrite the story of the laptop's origins. The counter-narrative Morris is mounting on Hunter's behalf has nothing to do with the damning contents of the laptop, which have been repeatedly verified as authentic by multiple, multiple media organizations since the Post broke the story in October of 2020. Instead, Hunter's team is attempting to sow confusion about how the laptop became public by denying that he abandoned his laptop in John Paul Mac Isaac's Delaware repair shop. Follow him on Truth Social. 
on April 12, 2019, and claiming his private information was somehow stolen, hacked, or cloned. But the chain of custody of the laptop has been well established by the Post. And so right there you can see, and as always, there will be a link to this article in the subscription. It looks like chaos. And you can see all kinds of... <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like, like a high school project. I was going to say, yeah. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, Maybe middle school. Yeah, that's kind of more what I was thinking. Yeah. Look at that guy. He looks just like... He just looks like a dirty homeless <laughs> yeah, drug Yeah, he looks addict. like a wino, dude. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, birds of a feather, right? Yeah. And that joker had $2 million to loan to... Loan. I'm sorry. To give to Biden. Mac Isaac came to legally own the MacBook 90 days after Hunter failed to reclaim it or pay his $85 repair bill after finding Ukrainian material on the laptop that he thought was relevant to Donald Trump's impeachment trial. Mac Isaac handed over the computer to the FBI on December 9th, 2019. In August of 2020, Mac Isaac FedExed a copy of the laptop's contents on the hard drive to Bob Costello, the lawyer of President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who alerted the Post. The hard drive formed the basis of the Post bombshell reports in October of 2020, revealing Joe Biden's involvement in Hunter's overseas business dealings despite his denials. But in Morris's telling, there was no laptop dropped off with Mac Isaac, just a laptop which Hunter abandoned on February 1, 2019 at the office of his psychiatrist, Dr. Keith Ablow, in Newburyport, Massachusetts, where he was being treated for his crack addiction. Uh, so he's trying to use the... Uh... Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, let me back up a little bit. Isn't that just like a drug addict to leave something and not pay an $85 repair bill? Right. To to hear um to hear Mac Isaac tell it the the interaction between him and Hunter when he was in there like of course like he's he was he was blitzed, you know, like and somebody that behaves like this is probably in a perpetual state of just being high. Like just yeah, he probably don't even remember up. where he dropped yeah. off the thing. So Morris alleges in his scrawled mind map and in his conversation with confidants that Trump ally Roger Stone and his lawyer Tyler Nixon masterminded a plot with a blow and Mac Isaac to create, quote, clones of the laptop left in Newburyport to damage Joe before the 2020 election. Tenuous connections include that Stone wrote the four to a blow's 2020 book, Trump Your Life, and a blow wrote... Columns for the Post in 2009. The conspiracy theory has been aired by CBS News and is being disseminated on Twitter by the Brooklyn Dad Defiant account run by left-wing social media influencer Mahid Padelan, who reportedly has been paid thousands of dollars by the Democratic Political Action Committee to post pro-Biden opinions. And so, and again, coming from the the people that, that want to fight disinformation, like you're going to try, like, this is so far past the analogy of attempting to dress up a pig. I don't, I don't have a good one for like how, how much of a stretch it is to try to like, and you're, there was, uh, in, in the leaked text messages between, um, Hunter and his dad and some of the like creepy weird letters and stuff that we've read on here before he had a, a pretty, I mean, I'm sure he's got a toxic relationship with everybody in his life, but him and Joe, there's a lot of turbulence and conflict between the two and uh, because his reputation, the the family, you know, as you would expect, this guy's reputation is, is difficult for the rest of the family to deal with because of public perception and otherwise. Yeah, and there's no telling. He's a what, liability. Yeah, yeah, not only that, but there's no telling what Hunter has experienced throughout his childhood. 
Oh, and right. As far as to. oh, there's not as there's zero question. Yeah. And so and and I think that I don't know how in depth we discussed that weird letter where he referred to quote unquote mom mom. Yeah. And so from what I can ascertain into my opinion, and I I don't know the, the details. I'm just basing this off that extremely creepy and oddball weird letter that he wrote is that he doesn't like Jill Biden because Jill Biden, if I'm not mistaken, was his babysitter, underage babysitter when. Joe and her were fooling The accusation is they were fooling around. And so Hunter Biden's mother was killed in a car accident and sister, I believe. And, of course, Joe Biden being the disgusting, slimy, used car type salesman guy, he tried to exploit that. And then he also said that that truck driver was drunk, which was proved false. That was not true at all. And uh, just a a terrible, Joe Biden's a terrible, terrible, horrific sack of garbage. Always has been, always will be. He's a scum bag. And so is his kid. But he he hooks up with a babysitter, which, you know, and Jill Biden is the cheapest, most disgraceful bimbo probably to ever, you know what I mean, hold the title of first lady. But she's a hell of a doctor. (laughs) She's a hell of a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. So, this will be the new cycle, but moving on, we, we could spend all day talking how much of a wag job this is, and we've got some real good substantive stuff on the way here shortly. Um, so we we, we got to sift through this. Captain Reverso is not with us tonight. The foremost authority on backing up any machine, anything that's got wheels, he'll back it up, and he'll back it up wrong into something. doesn't matter. A house, yeah. a parking post, a tree, a bush, a concrete culvert, Mm-hmm. A metal culvert. A red barn. There's no barns around here. No. In Manhattan. This is a few days old now. Most everybody already knows this, so we're on the Gateway Pundit. Nancy Pelosi's drunk husband, Paul, calls an accident prior to his current DUI arrest. Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, was driving his Porsche drunk after leaving a Nap- Napa Valley winery Saturday when he pulled out onto a highway into the path of a 48-year-old man driving a Jeep. On Saturday, Paul Pelosi, 82, was arrested for driving while drunk. <laughs> Dailymail.com said it obtained his arrest report, revealing he was driving eastbound on Walnut Lane, six miles south of Pelosi's Vineyard in St. Helena. So they have a vineyard? Apparently. According to the report, Pelosi pulled out onto S-29 to cross it, ignoring a stop sign because they don't have to obey any laws, especially insider trading ones, <laughs> and was struck by J- Jesus V. Lopez, who was driving a 2014 Jeep. Lopez was reportedly... Traveling northbound on the state road at the scene of the accident, Pelosi was found to have been over the legal blood alcohol limit. He was arrested on two misdemeanor counts of driving under the influence and driving with a blood alcohol content level of 0.08 or higher. According to the report, booking number, long number, Pelosi was held on $5,000 bond. The report viewed by Gateway Pundit further details the events surrounding the arrest. Police waited more than four hours to utilize a breathalyzer on Pelosi, in which time his blood alcohol content was likely reduced. There was no body cam or dash cam footage taken of the accident. Notably, Pelosi had prior similar arrests, which would have likely resulted in the weekend's arrest being a felony. However, it appears Pelosi got off easy following the latest drunk driving accident. There were no reported injuries, according to a report by CNN. Pelosi spokesman Drew Hamill released a statement on reports of Pelosi's arrest. Quote, the speaker will not be commenting on this private matter, which occurred while she was on the East Coast. And so apparently he got into an accident as a teenager and killed his brother by flipping over a sports car back then too. I thought I had that story up, but alas, I do not. Yeah, this guy should probably not be behind the wheel of a little tyke's 
car, the red one with the yellow roof, the cozy, yeah. the cozy coupe, they call it. You don't even need, stay out of the cozy coupe, dude. Grandpa, take his license. Uh, it would have been awesome if, because she's drunk all the time too. Yeah. Like they're, apparently they're just both drunkards. It would have been awesome if, what is that? The Pacific Coast Highway. Is that, is that highway, is that highway one, right? Is A1A is on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, is, that, is that U.S. Highway One? Is that what they call it? I think so. What's One Hundred One? I've taken that Highway One. Up, uh, yeah. What's Pacific Coast Highway? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. It would be nice if they were cruising down there in said Porsche, lost control. Maybe because like there's these big dramatic cliffs over the ocean, right? Yeah, dude. What would you pay for some drone footage of that? Man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But I digress. Never okay. happened. That only happened to somebody that doesn't suck. Yeah, really. So we are going to change gear to one of my favorite topics. Uh, not the most riveting, humorous, or I think it's exciting. We've got a lot on election fraud this week. There was a, a hearing. So um, Greg Phillips and Christine Christina Engelbrecht from True the Vote had a meeting with the uh, the state senate in Arizona in Phoenix on Tuesday. And dude, it was a packed house. Carrie Lake, the the really uh, Trump SK woman running for running for governor in Arizona, was there. Uh, and dude, it was these. It was great. But the Greg Phillips guy, we'll have some more with him in just a minute. They they were giving the Senate and some of the House members were there too the information for their state that they gleaned by the same technology they used in the film Two Thousand Mules, and so. They're trying to pass law there to, to rectify and cut cut them off at the pass as far as their ability to do some of the things that they did in 2020 and are attempting to do again in, in, in the midterms. Apparently, the only thing holding it up in the Senate is two different Republicans, state Republican state senators, and this is common. It's 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 common. Like they're so say it ain't so. Yeah, they're dude. The Republicans like. And when you look at the big names as far as what they refer to as a rhino, your Liz Cheney's, Lindsey Graham, who will have some on him after a while. Um, Mitch McConnell. Sure. Like, the, these these people are terrible. They're so bad. And any anybody that's anti-America first, is they're terrible. I just heard that Mitch McConnell was one of the good guys when it comes to uh, the uh, – somebody was saying that. May even been Biden saying that when it comes to gun legislation, they said, "Oh, Mitch McConnell, he's one of the good guys." Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Yeah, on the Democratic side, of course. AP News records show coordinated Arizona ballot collection scheme. Again, this is on the AP, so boom roasted. She looks happy. She is creepy. She will stab you. And so we, you know, there's no fraud. Uh, there's all of this stuff is conspiratorial in nature. It's just not true. Uh, most secure election. An Arizona woman indicted in 2020 on accusations of illegally collecting ballots apparently ran a sophisticated operation using her status as a well-known Democratic operative in the border city of San Luis to persuade voters to let her gather and in some cases fill out their ballots according to the records obtained by the Associated Press. How do you pronounce her name there? I know the last name is Fuentes. Guillermo. Guillermo Fuentes, 66. And a second woman were indicted in December of 2020 on one count of ballot abuse, a practice commonly known as ballot harvesting that was made illegal under a 2016 state law. Additional charges of conspiracy, forgery, and additional ballot abuse charge were added last October. 
Fuentes, a former San Luis mayor who wow. serves as an elected board member of the Gaston Elementary School District in St. Louis, has a Thursday court date where she may change. She ch- Now, and this has happened, this, this was prior to that. She took a plea deal. Oh, uh, yeah. She's gu- guilty. So, guilty as charged. Fuentes is accused of collecting ballots during the 2020 primary election in violation of the law that only allows a caregiver or family member to return someone else's early ballot and in some cases filling them out. Her attorney, Ann Chapman, has not responded to repeated inquiries seeking comment, including on Wednesday. Republicans have rallied around the possibility of widespread voting fraud in the 2020 election where former President Donald Trump was supposedly defeated. I added supposedly. They've pointed to the charges against Fuentes as part of a broader pattern in battleground states. There is no sign of that in the investigation's records, though. Yeah, well, that's... They were obtained through a public records request from the Arizona Attorney General's office that was first made in February of 21, but was denied. The AP sent a new request last October after more charges were filed against Fuentes. The Attorney General finally provided more than 20 documents laying out the investigation last week. The records show that fewer than a dozen ballots could be linked to Fuentes, not enough to make a difference in all but the tightest local races. It is the only case ever brought by the Attorney General under the 2016 law, which was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court last year. And so... And you see how they try to take the sting off of it and minimize what's going on here. They don't seem to have concern at all that it's it's illegal. The law is the law, and you were a mayor, and now you're on the you're on the school board, and this is the behavior you display a dem- a bona fide Democrat operative cheating. It's what they do. It's one of the only things they're good at that and grooming. Yeah, it's just so frustrating how it's just so. Um no, oh, it's it, it's Man, it, it's just so so frustrating. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just I had a conversation with my brother today, and I told him it's just so obvious how they're trying to make a gun grab right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh no, that'll never happen. I'm not worried about that at all. That's never going to happen." And I said, "Really? You don't think? Oh no, it's never going to happen." And I said, "Man." Look at what they did to a presidential election. If they can steal a presidential election and the American people will do absolutely nothing about it, then what makes you think they won't go for your guns? Because so many people say, oh, yeah, they can come get my gun one bullet at a time and I'll kill them and I'll do this and I'll do that. And and so you're telling me, that when a group of armed police officers, military, whatever it may be, swarm your house or come to your door, you're going to start shooting. Because if you say that, you're lying. Mm -hmm. I know you're not going to do it. That is completely false. And he changed the subject. I can make an argument either way. Um, there's a lot of good signs, in my opinion, as far as the, the level of awareness right now. And I think, I mean, and I, we talked about this some last week. I, I think that what just occurred, you, it would be very difficult to convince me, not, you know, it's just my opinion, not that that matters in the big scheme of things, just my opinion, that that wasn't engineered. I feel more confident than I did last week that, that it was. That's, again, my opinion. And so this because is, many more events just happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so except for the one uh, 
at the hospital, wherever that was. I don't even remember the time. Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. So they didn't want to cover that because that well, it was apparently a black guy that had a botched operation and that didn't fit the, the narrative. So, yeah. but uh, we're going to get to the gun stuff shortly and I'll, I'll kind of go towards okay. that then. But because uh, I've got a few things, can, like actually quite a few things here like consecutive on this, the, the fraud. So, okay. Let's uh, continue on. And, and so th- this is uh, a, f- a few different pieces of audio from the hearing in Arizona this week. And the first one, and th- th- so this will be uh, Greg Phillips speaking. And so, you, and you can kind of ascertain for yourself, who do you think is more reasonable, more seasoned, who has a, a quote unquote scientific outlook on, on this data set that this dude provided, the mechanics of the operation, and seems like a, a sane, rational, competent, intelligent, fluent person versus, you know, an activist that works for the Associated Press. Like, all the people you see saying, uh, I mean, the litany of people saying that this is the most secure election of all time. And, in fact, there's going to be a clip of that in a preview for a different film we'll talk about shortly. I got a lot of stuff, man. The, the election fraud stuff always excites me. I'm way into it. I think it's one of the most important. I mean, I think it is the most important thing in current politics going on because of what happened. And it's it's going to take a, a long time just by virtue of how this was done. It's multi-tier. Like, I could talk on this for hours, absolute hours. Like, yeah, because the thing is, like, we've, as we've been talking about this since we got back from Washington, I, we've mentioned it several times. It, yeah, it, it could have happened before, and we didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. But now... We do know what happened, well, it, so we have to do whatever we can do to stop it from happening again. Oh, absolutely, and and, and hey, there there there's plenty of things that that can be done on an individual basis, and they're really not that difficult. But one of the things is Donald Trump was so so popular, they had they really really overplayed their hand and overextended themselves, and what they could get away with, and it not be completely obvious. And so there's a lot of things. I watched all of this hearing live, and, man, there was so much information in there. I'm going to forget the majority of the stuff that I wanted to say because I couldn't, you know, clip it all. But they were talking about at one point people. And so some of the members of the Senate, one of them, I, I, I want to say he was like a, uh, a uh, like a Hindu Indian background. Like I think he said he came here in 1975, X, Y, and Z. But one of the things he was saying, like, because he, he, I think – by my estimation, he seemed skeptical at first, but now, with the evidence, he's want to push new election law. He's on board, and so he's like, I- "I'm like everybody else. I want to start seeing people put in handcuffs." Of course, the the place exploded, and that's what everybody wants to see. Everybody, but the problem with that is, American culture, the internet age, has created this desire, and it's almost mandatory that you have expediency problems as big as these weren't made overnight and they're not solved overnight and that's the problem that everybody struggles with yes everybody wants to see justice but justice moves slow the but he was talking about the unmasking aspect and so let let me get through his two clips and then I'll kind of try to expound where I can but one of the things is that I don't know that there's a sound clip for Tina Engelbrecht was talking about they they kept imploring people to flip now and she said, we're getting more by the day. And that's a problem for Democrats. And then there's some other kind of, sc- I want to say scary, 
some stuff that to me seems a little unnerving. It's going to have to be done. There's some tough stuff for our country ahead. That's obvious. It's going to, there's all kinds of tough things for our country, but a lot of people, man, like, cause I, like I said, I, I've never been on social media to any significant degree. Uh, so to see kind of the mentality of some of the people as far as, you know, America's done, like America's never, ever done. America's never out of the fight. It's, it's just not, that's not true. And I, I would say that the Great Depression, World War II, I, I would say that those were a more difficult time than this. And it's different. It's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. There is nothing that America can't dig itself out of. It's, dude, America has the strongest will of any nation on the planet, in my opinion. And, dude, this is not how this story ends. And the the defeatist mentality is 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 cancerous. I, I don't I don't I'd never subscribe to it. But this is a very very nasty minority of power controllers doing this. The old analogy between like the elephant and the mouse. You know what I mean? How the the the, the elephant is scared of this tiny mouse, and you can't really understand why. It's the same thing. Like there. Number one, legally, from foundational principles, legal and otherwise, the people run the show. But it's, they've, they've, it's gotten lost for a variety of reasons that, again, I could talk about for hours. These people work for us, period. It's just like though I was saying before about the who. They're going to sign away our sovereignty. You can sign whatever you want. It's irrelevant. You can't enforce that. Like, it's not going to happen. And I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And so, but likewise, I think, and I don't want to go too far off onto the gun stuff at the moment, because I've got a little segment about some of those things, but they will get away with what we allow them to get away with. The people have to to, to be alert and realize the, the 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 actual fulfillment of what their civic obligation is as, as Americans and otherwise. It's just, it's strange to me that people think, "Oh, this is it. We're done." No, we're not. Like, dude, people were riding so high two and a half years ago. What change? Like, yeah, are these people doing severe damage? It's going to be hard to to undo. Yes. Have we been through worse? Yes. In our lifetime? Probably not. It's, it's going to work. I, I, you know. So when you say we've been through worse, like what? They said the Great Depression. Think about the Great Depression. Dude, bread lines in, in the Great Depression. Uh, dude, World War II. Like the, how uncertain do you think people felt during that time? You know, World War I, the Civil War. Come on, dude. Dude, the, the, uh, the United States of America made it through the Civil War. We're going to be just fine. Like... Hey, it might get ugly, but we'll be just fine. Like, we may, well, it'll work out. Like, dude, it's, 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 uh, it's like anything in life, man. It's mental, dude. And, but united we stand, divided we will absolutely fall. But that's the thing, man. Those divisional lines that they've created to segment and compartmentalize Americans, they're very efficient at that. And that's why they've done it. And that, that's one of the main reasons behind a lot of things that we have disdain for, you're supposed to have disdain for. The way they use that Black Lives Matter movement to try to create division between blacks and whites, the, why they, the way they try to implement, implement that curriculum into our schools to segment your children and make your children not like each other, make your parents not like each other, it's by design. Like yeah, and I, I ask these questions because people need to be reminded of this, just like you know, the things that you mentioned are so, or seem like so far away, but just in the Carter administration, we had rationing stamps for fuel. Sure. And we had bomb shelters mm -hmm. because we were facing Russia. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, with Cuba and, and everything. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was, that was within our lifetime. Yes. 
So it wasn't necessarily that far away. Sure. And and the thing is, too, when, when you go back to World War II, and, and there's a few different uh, specific uh, battles that if they had went differently, the entirety of the war would have went different, and the trajectory of, trajectory of human history would have been completely altered. Yeah, there were subs in the Gulf. For sure. And so, th- again, this is still... Th- there's a reason everyone across the globe is clamoring to come here, dude. Period. And so, again, man, the, the, the thing is, and this is going to be proof positive when we, when, we, when we sift through this, this, this is a house of cards and it'll fall. Like, this, this, is, this is a facade. This administration is completely, it's terribly weak. It's totally inept. And again, is there going to be s- severe consequences to them having done what they did? Are we going to be? Yeah, yeah, there, there is. But the people are not. So, and I'm not talking about specifically what your brother said. But so the baby formula shortage, the skyrocketing gas prices, Americans are the, the discomfort that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast that people would inevitably feel. feel it's starting to, to really come to fruition. And Dude, we're not even two years in yet. We haven't even hit the halfway mark, and it's going to get exponentially worse from here. So it's like a fulcrum point. Once once it's crossed, it's it's going to get a lot worse, a lot faster. And the, like I spoke about earlier, the indignation of the administration and their their lack of concern, compassion, or even care at all for for American overall's pain financially and otherwise, dude. It they they seem completely oblivious to it. They, it yeah. doesn't matter. And uh, it's beca- and like so, Joe Biden made the comment that this is the op- like once gas isn't going. Basically, I'm paraphrasing: gas isn't going back down. And but won't we make it through this trans transition? And we're going to be better for it with electric cars, is what he's saying. And it's just, it, that's not feasible right now. And so part of that part of that is probably for for uh, corrupt monetary reasons. Another part of that is because, like, the, this idealistic philosophical BS of, you know, gl- anti-global warming, whatever, not real either. It's all a failure. Everything they've tried is a failure. This administration has failed at everything they've done. They've succeeded at nothing. Everything's been a failure, and they'll fail at this. And so, and their failures will cost us all dearly. Their failures are going to hurt, and they're, they're currently hurting. So the whole thing with the baby formula... He knew about this for a certain time, but the FDA had closed down, I guess, one of their biggest production facilities of baby formula. So what, what do you do? Here's what we do. We're going to play this clip. <laughs> so, so this is him, uh, and I think this term that he just used, and I, I don't know if he coined it or not. I think that he did. It's the first time I ever heard it, and I think that it's going to probably become popularized because it's, 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 a, pretty, it's a pretty good uh, term at the end here. But he's talking about the uh, how the how the journalists are trying to question the accuracy of the technology that they employed in 2000 mules. So, and this isn't a super long clip, a minute and 36 seconds. So here it is. Out of noise out there that you can only get within 40 feet or some idiocy. You know, it's just it's just crazy. Um, so what what we did was we we or what we do is we take three different types of signals. And we buy them from different different brokers that catalog them from different devices, but yet still stamped with the when and the where 
the the wind the wind to the where, and then we identify the individual the individual device ID to the who. And that gives us, on an individual basis, the ability to make a decision: Is this um, ping accurate? How close is how close is this? My phone here or is it here? The the differential or the the methods in which we smooth that out or we tease that out are proprietary, but they are incredibly accurate. The United States government, the United States military can measure down to within two centimeters. So, so the very idea that, you know, you, I think somebody wrote, the New York Times or someone wrote, well, you can tell that they're walking down the street, but you can't see which side of the street they're on. Utter nonsense. It's complete nonsense. They're asking the wrong questions. Uh, they're asking the wrong people. Uh, and they're, um, these articles are being written by, by journalistic terrorists. I thought that was a phenomenal term. But also, if you go back, and a lot of people may not remember this, but when, when Trump had, had first taken office, New York Times did a piece about how we're being tracked with our cell phone. And I think I sent that to you way back then, and people were upset because they tracked Donald Trump around the golf course from here to there, and of course it was extremely accurate. And the the New York Times at that point was very concerned with the accuracy of it. They loved the accuracy of it when it was used to nab people on January 6th. But now all of a sudden, because of the Zuckerberg ballot boxes, that accuracy seems to diminish the closer you get to this box by their account, and that's not true. Anybody with a brain would know that. <laughs> so and one of the things that Greg Phillips went on to talk about in this hearing was on January 6th, they had to have been looking at these people prior because to unmask them, you have to, you have to go to a judge with, and get a subpoena to be able to unmask these people to, to, to find out who they are. So that was on a Tuesday, and these, a lot of these people were in cuff by Friday. And they use that technology to get them. He said, "There's, it's, it's absolutely not possible to go through that process that quickly without prior knowledge and, and surveillance." Um, and so, and that's what they're talking about as far as being able to ID and arrest these people. One of the things that he had also said was, they need to be sure what law enforcement's capability is and willingness to work with them in these individual areas to go after these people because once they release the information, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. And so, and, and I don't blame them. Like these people work so hard to get this on their own. They didn't. So all these Americans that are rightly pissed off, like, well, you need to release this, release that. Like, hold on, dude. Like I did all this work. I, I'm the one that, that works with this proprietary technology and probably develops a lot of it. Nobody else came up with this. Like, why you've entitled yourself to the information that I found that the FBI, mind you, refused to work on. These people privately did this. Nobody but them has a right to that information. And so I would trust that, that this guy gleaned it, the stuff that you saw in the film. And so I trust this guy myself thus far. There's been so many blowhards making these wild claims since the election. This guy has already proven his worth and, and his validity and his capability. He's done that. So I trust the dude. And, and even if you didn't trust the dude, you don't have a choice. But when he, when he deems it fit to release it to independent agencies, that, that's on him. But I, I think that, uh, again, because that kind of ties in with the way people were, you know, nothing's going to happen. 
the guy's holding his cars to his chest because he has to. Like, do you realize, that? do you think that these people ever thought somebody will purchase this ping data, millions of hours, sift through it, develop the technology and algorithms to go through this and find this. And if this, if this information is so inaccurate, and this is the problem for, the, for all these fake news agencies, if this information is not accurate and, you, oh, you can't tell which side of the street, really? then how in the hell do we know to check this ballot box at 3 a.m. and there's a guy with 10 ballots and gloves on taking pictures of it at that time? Yeah, really. You don't have an argument. This is case closed. Here he is. And now, in addition to that, you've got people flipping. They're coming forward because they know they're caught and they want to save their own neck. Yeah. So, but that's what they do. This kind of concerns me. He's made a few different comments, and I need I need to get a quote from uh, a, a different interview. This is a, a comment that he made at the hearing, and this is the second time that I know of that he said something kind of a, a, akin to this, and um, th- this is at the same hearing. I could just add one thing. Um, some of you asked me before the hearing uh, this weekend. I made some comments on a podcast. We do indeed have a matter brewing that is... 10 times bigger than mules. Um, It'll be about six weeks before we can clear our way through it. But I assure you, it is the most explosive issue that you've ever come in contact with related to elections in the United States. And so that the podcast that you referred to, and here's a minute and two second audio clip of those original comments. A few issues coming up that are more explosive than the mules that are no way. X. Uh, and real quick, just uh, to be fair to everybody, this is uh, the Patel Patriot podcast. More likely to to divide this country even further. Um, Catherine and I spend a lot of time every single day, really not just praying through it, but thinking through how do we actually do this? Because once mm-hmm. these come out, if there's one in particular, it's a it's a multinational deal. It involves billions of dollars. There's irrefutable evidence. Um, We've been involved in a major counterintelligence operation that's very mature in this country involving federal agencies and us. Um, And there's been some betrayals along the way. There have been some issues along the way. Uh, But once we get to the point where this is ready to go, it's going to make everybody forget everything about the mules. And it's going to bring into question everything we think we know about these elections, everything. I can say that That's with 100% certainty. What do you think about that? I'm concerned for his safety. Absolutely. And and I don't know, I, I, I've i watched both those clips a few times, but I don't remember if it was in one of those two, but he's saying that it's going to, like, whatever this information is, he said it's going to further divide our country. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, dude. The... the American people being sublimated by so many different things, so many different entertainment apparatuses, I mean, you name it. The lack of civics education in public schools, the infatuation with quote-unquote higher learning institutions putting a premium on discussing sexual debauchery. This was bound to happen. The... Americans have lost the reins and corruption has completely saturated our quote-unquote elected leadership, our governance. It's not a, 
I'm I would submit that it's and we'll have something on that. And the thing is, whoever or whatever he's talking about knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. And they are at work to stop whatever it is well, like coming he, to surface. Like he said, some people had turned on them. Yeah. So, so you know, they are scrambling to prevent whatever this is coming to light. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, one thing I, w- I would like to say, because, it, you know, um, the way this show started and, and what we do for to make money for our families, what we do for leaving our career paths don't intertwine with this at all. But I'd like to ask a question to anybody listening. Did you hear, did you already know about this news? If so, where'd you hear it? And if not, where else are you going to hear it? The, the, again, this guy provided that data. He works in intelligence. Does he seem like he's full of crap? Not at all to me. No. Has this guy already brought receipts? He has. One thing, you know, the whole idea that, oh, nobody's going to do anything, like, or what can we do? The litany of questions surrounding stuff like this, the the lack of certainty, um, the apprehension involved with, oh, my, what's, what's going on? The one thing, and I've said this so many times about Project Veritas, a phenomenal, wonderful outfit of, of great people that do awesome work. Dude, I, I have a recurring donation to them. And, it, dude, it's not tons of money by any means. I think it's $40. But True the Vote, ha, you, you can donate to Greg Phillips and Christine Engelbrick. If you want to do something, $10 a month, dude. The, 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 because that's the thing. The opposite, the juxtaposition to what I just said about people's demand for the information that they attain by their own hard work, dedication, and money, you need to help them find more. Like, And, and not only that, help pay to provide security for these people. In yes. my opinion, dude, they pay me zero pennies to be saying this. I, I'm i going to start a recurring donation to those guys. Like, something. Yeah. Anybody, yeah. Everybody can afford. Again, oh, gas is high this time. Everybody can afford to give something for people that are doing the dirty, dirty hard work of undoing the disgusting things that Democrats have done to our country and done to our elections. If these people are willing to do this and make this, like, think about the sacrifice. Engelbrecht, when she formed True the Vote during the Obama years, they ostracized her. They came after her, dude. They they went after and arrested Dinesh D'Souza for some of the films he made. These people have done their work. You you got to throw your lot in. in. My opinion, hey, this is my opinion only. Throw your lot in with people that that are like this. Is in my opinion. But enough on that particular one. And, and apologies for for kind of jumping around here. I'm gonna once we make it to this segment, I think we'll have a little more. Uh, substance and, and fluidity to this but like i said i'm like a kid in a candy store when it comes to election <laughs> fraud this is this is the main reason that that i ever agreed to do this and so we don't always get to fixate on it because a lot of the times rumors fly around unsubstantiated things fly around like a lot of things uh, uh, <laughs> like i said i'm new to, to social media so a lot of times people will refer to like uh, some of the or outlier stuff like oh like for an example which obviously I'm I'm smart enough to know none of this was ever true but like at some point Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton were arrested at airport like by an airport <laughs> okay <laughs> opium is the uh, what they call that so anyway <laughs> so I don't peddle in that like and that's why I said everything that I said about about true the vote and and Greg Phillips man these people seem 
they're, they're genuine, they're authentic, and they're hardworking, intelligent people that, that brought the evidence. They're, that's and that again, very interesting. I mean, what, what he has said is, is very well, interesting. Well, I if you go back to just 2,000 mules itself, I mean, there's a reason the fake news media is working in absolute overtime to discredit this. Even Fox News, everybody said, oh, that's discredited. It's just like I said the analogy with Robert Byrd not being a quote-unquote uh, grand dragon. Yeah, he's a grand cyclops he was, or something. He was an exalted cyclops. Yeah. Same thing. Like, oh, that, that's been disproven. Or, but then it's not been disproven, but, oh, well, we couldn't verify the accuracy. Well, that's not disproven because you because you don't know this guy's proprietary methods of which they can, can dial this in the same way that the military uses. And you're, you're pretending that we're – you're not pretending. You're trying to convey the, the message to us that this guy's not intelligent, that he's a hack, and he's not. That's not true. You're the hack. It's the opposite. Yeah. You, you sit behind a microphone feeding people what you're told to feed them for a living – Brian Stelter, Andrew Cuomo, the sick, the the sexual deviant, Don Lemon, the homosexual sexual deviant that that uh, harassed the guy at the bar. I mean, the litany of the perverts at CNN and everywhere else, dude. You guys peddle fake nonsense, misinformation for a living. This dude doesn't. This is what he does. This is what he's good at, and you can't stand it. It's and further conservativebrief.com Georgia voting bungled I love the word bungled I use it a lot hand recount drops Democrat winner to third place and this is the kind of things that go on and so oh well this so they just said oh well she only had influence over X amount of ballots in this previous story we covered a a few minutes ago okay well how many of these people are there we don't know apparently it's a lot a shocking new report lays bare the anxiety many voters continue to feel about ballot integrity following the 2020 elections. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Democratic primary for a county in Georgia has been called into question after a hand count revealed that voting machines were off by thousands of ballots. Democratic Decap County School Board member Marshall Orson, who is running for the county commission, asked the local election board on Thursday not to certify the results as it was scheduled to do because of, quote, numerous errors with the local race, the paper noted. Instead, he requested an independent review as well as a formal recount in the election in a letter to the board. There is, quote, there is no rational basis for believing that there are not counting issues with the results and the results should not be certified with the continuing existence of multiple substantive issues and concerns, Orson wrote. Doing so would pose a substantial risk not only to the confidence the public will have in the overall election results from this race, but could extend to the entire primary as well as the general election. Just the news adds, the initial Democratic... Party results showed Orson winning for Commission District 2 with Lauren Alexander in second place and Michelle Long Spears in third. That would have put Orson against Alexander in a runoff election. However, Spears noticed that the results show she received zero votes at the most election precincts. The Secretary of State's office admitted last month to making several programming mistakes in the ballot equipment that affected the final tally. There was an attempted rescan of ballots in District 2, but ultimately a hand count was conducted, concluding around midnight on Memorial Day. Wednesday evening, the results of the hand count were published, which showed that Spears, the last plate candidate, last place candidate, not last plate, <clears throat> is now in first place and is heading for a June 21st runoff against Alexander. Former first place finisher Orson, meanwhile, was pushed down to third place. Wow. That's, and, wow. and why, why are we using machines again? Supposedly for the accuracy. No, no, they're, they're no. <laughs> yeah, no. They're, they're using them to cheat, obviously, to to manipulate the elections. Yeah. 
So, so my question is, how long has this been going on that we don't know about? No idea. I, I, lo- I longer than you think. I would. I would. I would. I wager. mean, has this been going on ten or twenty years? Thirty years? How long has this been going on? I I I couldn't even guess, but I know that you know. The, think about the term, the lesser of two evils, and how often that's been used in our lifetimes. It's sickening. It's sickening to think. Because you wonder, you wonder to yourself, and so, so I'm not trying to interrupt, but take Dan Schultz for an example. Dan Schultz was on our show, and you know his theory, and his theory is sound. I get it. I agree. So I'm not discounting what he's saying. That what he's saying is accurate. We we should basic civics dictates, or the survival, of, or rather of our country dictates, that we need to flood the Republican Republican Party from the lowest levels and up. The problem is, though, is you're, you always ask yourself, how, like Mitt Romney, for an example, like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, how do they keep winning? It's because of dirty money. But sometimes that dirty money can't work. When people are so sick of somebody, like Nancy Pelosi, you really think with the condition of San Francisco, California, this woman's been elected to that same office 30-plus years? Man, there can't be a... That, that, it's not possible. No. It's mathematically impossible. And my Look, I'm no mathematician by any means. I'm not a statistics specialist. It just seems to me common sense would would indicate statistician. That word. I need to I need to brush up on my Star Trek next, next generation to kind of up my vocabulary. I don't I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I think this has been going on for a long time, a very long time. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't guess how long. I'm not going to say how long. Yeah, I'm, because we don't know. I mean, we can't make an accurate estimate on it because, and that's something I was going to say earlier when you were talking about the Indian guy or whatever said he wanted to see somebody in handcuffs and American culture with, uh, you know, all the internet age and everything wants to see this happen right now. And it, it, it can't happen that fast. And it can't, uh, because of the way the process works. And I think people are so upset because, they know the election was stolen and they want something done right here, right now, because there's a fraudulent man in office that just continues to lie and cheat and, and steal and, and continue the corruption and everybody just acts like it's okay. And they feel like, there should be some kind of process to immediately stop it. Kind of like, I guess, it's like if you see, it's like the police seeing the bank robber in the bank stuffing duffel bags full of money and then walking out of the bank and getting in his car and him driving off, and they're just watching him drive away and saying, well, we have to let him leave with the money because there's too many citizens and too many people on the street because it's too dangerous to chase him. Dude, I could talk about anything that has remotely to do with the subject for hours. So there, you just said like a lot of things. Like, so as far as an analogy, number one, your analogy is inaccurate because the bank robber would have to start setting, uh, explosive devices all over the bank, uh, 
letting his pervert son molest the women in the bank. Uh, it would have to be this out. Like, so all that to say, your analogy wasn't nearly as outlandish enough for the damage that's being done by the resident. So, but yes, I mean, it's sound as far as in yeah. principle. But you have to understand too, the Department of Justice is, has been run even during the, the Trump administration. It, that these people weren't, they weren't good guys. The the intelligence agencies have long since been compromised, and I think that's completely evident by now to most anybody to be listening to this podcast. So since when the Clinton administration? Before dude, the end, uh, yeah. I mean, when you look back, because uh, Bush Senior was heavily involved with the CIA, and like I said, we talked about before in the past, like and dude, people, th- there's a lot of conspiracy conspiracy type connotations that are attached to MK Ultra. MK Ultra is real. And those people were involved in that, and they oversaw those things. Now, the CIA, this stuff has been going on since. Dude, when, and again, I don't want to go way down this rabbit hole, and I would have never have said this 10 years ago, but like the Kennedy assassination, who knows what in the hell happened with all of that? I, at this point, knowing what you know now, do you believe the federal government's narrative on what happened there? I don't believe the federal government for anything. So there you go. And so, um, and there's some other stuff I'll stay away from because I, I just don't like to talk about it as far as things. But take Being my, recording and going. No, 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 not at all. Like oh, yeah. my opinion of certain certain world events or whatever. And this, uh, I'll say it like this: nine eleven. I think for people our age is like close to my heart. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and I, yeah. I just. I, I, dude, uh, 20 years later, I can't bring myself to, to watch or talk about anything to do with 9-11. I, I, I just, uh, it's a, uh, it's a touchy subject for, I think anybody our age, dude, like that, that was coming of age during that time. And so, um, but, uh, I don't even remember how we got here. Oh yeah. But as far as, you know, the, the, the law enforcement aspect of being able to undo this dude. And, and so the, the fake news media would tell you that, oh, so in your mind, everybody's involved. Yep. Yep, everybody's involved. That's right. Because everybody was against one guy that the people elected, the champion of the people, the representative, the figurehead that truly represented the people. Yes, you were all against him. Yeah, that's right. You were. So I do believe that. Yes. I'd say, yeah, we can go back and look at any news program yeah. when he was in office and see everybody so, like, was and, against and, him. And like I've talked about, you know, a year ago on here, Gaslighting 101. Yeah, yeah, I'm the crazy one, right? I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, we're all crazy because we don't want you try to program us every day with dem- demonstrable bullshit, yeah. period. So, let me move on. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, maybe not. It's not as simple, but there's no benevolent faction. I've said this before, but there's kind of a different context. There's no benevolent faction when the government is going to investigate this right now. They, they can't. If there was, they're, they're, they're hogtied. They can't do it. It's, the machine is so bloated, so cumbersome, and so, so fattened, full of people, corrupt takers. I don't know how you, you – I don't see that rectified from the inside out. I don't see that. I, don't, I just don't see it. Because when you, the overt bureaucrats that you, the quote-unquote elected bureaucrats that, that you can see, these figureheads that say things that are kind Lindsey Graham comes out today. He's willing to work with the Democrat. They need to bring a, to the, the gun control to a vote in the Senate. We're going to work with them. We're ready to work with them. You, we've, but we've known this for years that you're a turncoat little rat sack of garbage. So think about the overt hypocrisy 
and blatant, blatantly treasonous backstabbing you see from these rhinos, the people the, there's exponentially more people throughout the entirety of the federal government spread all over our country. You know how many more lower level people like that exist? They, and they're not elected. They're appointed and otherwise they're entrenched. That's what's what they refer to as the quote unquote deep state. These people that are entrenched, you can't get them out. They're like ticks. You can't get rid of them. They're all throughout, just like tentacles all spread throughout in these nasty, nasty bureaucrats, dude. Taking your money. People wonder where all this tax revenue goes besides Ukraine. Dude, all these people got to be paid and they got to have their fingers all off in it. It's disgusting. It's it's a it's a bad thing. And again, I didn't say this was easy when, when I was going on that tirade a minute ago. I didn't say it's going to be an easy process, but America's been through worst. America if any if anybody could could handle handle this and and walk through this, it, it, it would be Americans, but and that's one of the reasons, dude, they've tried to weaken us and divide us so badly. That's what all this is about from and when you look and hey, it depends on what you believe. What you look at, everything they did, for, and I outlined it last week because I, I actually just listened to last week's show. But you know, from from Trump's inauguration to the to the Me Too BS to the way they treated Kavanaugh to the to uh, the BLM stuff to the COVID stuff to the Russia hoax stuff, dude, everything they did to that guy, man, like all that stuff, we'd never seen that in our lifetime. That was unprecedented. The way they went after this one dude. And so they're they're nasty, and as as the as the old saying goes, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. We'll see we'll see what happens, but it's going to be interesting to see what Greg Phillips brings out. But we're not quite done with election fraud yet. One of the things that I wanted to talk about too, when I was talking, and I missed this, truethevote.org. And so they, uh, dude, they've got like tutorials and classes you can sign up for on here, so that you can learn. And I don't know if it breaks down to a specific state. But stuff about being a poll worker, what to watch for, and how to get involved. They've got a full litany of things and, like, the little uh, training uh, modules on their website. So that's a great resource, dude, because I actually just went there to look and make sure they had a, a donate button, which you can see right there that they do. Tip line, contact, get involved, my state. So, yes, you can break that down by state. So this appears to be, and I haven't played, but I, this does look comprehensive. Yes, it does. Uh, so... By all means, and there will be a link in the description, but it is truethevote.org. Please check it out. And I would implore anybody, dude, you want to do something, do a, t- a, do a one-time $10 donation, $20 donation, or better yet, do a recurring $10, $20 donation every month. And, and again, the these people like Project Veritas are doing the heavy lifting. And I'm not suggesting that you give money to just every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes along ask for a dollar. True the Vote never asked for a dollar. I'm... I'm asking for one fourth <laughs> benefit. Well, it doesn't directly benefit me in any way. I, I get no financial gain from any of that. These people are doing amazing, amazing work, dude. So check them out and then leave us a good review. <laughs> what do you have here? Oh, yeah, that's on True the Votes website there. Help keep voter rolls accurate. Join in a citizen-led effort to ensure the accuracy of our nation's voter rolls using IV3. Please click here to find out where IV3 is live. Email address, zip code, and sign up. So it says we do not sell your personal information to third parties. So. Yeah, everything about that looks so, so. Wow, an estimated 24 million voter registrations are invalid or significantly inaccurate. 
Wow. Th- yeah, there's good information. I mean, oh, there's a ton of information. And not only that, like, there's tons of resources on there, like, a lot. So, and it would be just one more reason to, th- to, to help them out with like a minuscule dude, even if it was $5 a month, something, something is always going to be better than nothing for people that are doing work like that. Yeah. So and the, so, the yeah, all that being said, this, uh, I was going to use this to end this particular segment and Hey, look, uh, who posted that? That's, uh, Oh yeah. But this is, uh, a movie trailer. Is it, uh, Laura Logan who, who did that big tirade about the Ukraine stuff? Uh, some shows back she she's the reporter that that was one of the first ones to go in with the northern alliance in afghanistan i believe it was uh so she is making this documentary and this is more so going to deal with the machine aspect because again the what they did and that's what i'm saying like you can't undo something like you when you got to reverse engineer and work backwards with people that aren't going to like a crime like this that's that spread so vast, so so many different states, and with with so many different laws in each state, and, and in some jurisdictions, those laws may vary, you know, within within a state, and so, dude, some people, because there's these nefarious operators that are in position of power, so, uh, you know, take the the governor and secretary of state in Michigan for an example, both bad. The governor Ducey, a big rhino in Arizona, terrible guy. The attorney general in Arizona is a bonehead thus far. Like those, these people, like waiting. Like, is this guy going to do this? And you hear conflicting reports. Uh, Bernovich is uh, so he. Some time back, when this this stuff was really flaring up, he when they were doing the uh, Cyber Ninjas audit in in Arizona in Maricopa County, he releases a video playing with nunchucks, saying this is weird stuff for somebody that's a. Uh, an attorney general, but it, it, it was very, very peculiar. And that's really the only thing I can remember him for currently at this time uh, and not doing anything. But that being said, you've, you've got to try to work this backwards dealing with people like that, that in some instances would have had a hand in what, what occurred. They would, they would have at least known it. Like they, they knew about it. They had to. And so people like this, on their own, have to invest the time, effort, money, safety to produce content like this. So here's this preview. It's a two-minute preview, and I think this is about six weeks till this thing comes out. Local criminal investigations into Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters alleged voting machine security breaches continues. If I asked you this question before the 2020 election, are these voting machines secure? I would have said yes. And after the election, I would have said yes. What changed? Tina Peters admits she brought in a consultant to make a forensic copy of the Dominion voting system in Mesa County. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Voting machines in Georgia and Texas switch votes from one candidate to another. Virtually every machine was broken into. Ballot recording machines. Voting machines. 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 Voting machines. Voting machines. 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 Machines, which are vulnerable to being hacked. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even rig America's elections. We've seen no evidence that any of our voting systems have been tampered with. The November 3rd election was the most secure. It was the most secure. Most secure. Most secure election in American history, period. 
the process is very secretive. These machines are built by private companies, which we don't have a right to know what goes on inside those. What did you see during the software update? We've uncovered something that they're afraid of. We didn't consider the machines. The information found there is the Rosetta Stone. They made By a mistake and left the evidence in the machine. And you can hide it as well. It's only what the programmer tells to say. It's literally like the difference between going from pickpocketing to credit card fraud. These people are being selected, not elected. It's about who gets to count the vote. Break down my door, air raid my family. FBI, federal search warrant. What do you remember? Just my mom being handcuffed by the chief of police. This is not what we do in America. You could make it all go away, though. You just keep your mouth shut. You could have your life back. Can't unsee what I've seen. <clears throat> Selectioncode.com. Seven sixteen twenty two. So yeah, about what, six weeks from now. Wow. So like I said, that, that's that's our election fraud segment, which brings us to this week. And the Democrats don't want to take your guns. And uh, yeah, so uh, Trudeau and and Canada because they have to base their safety off what occurs in the United States. Apparently, I'm not sure how and why that works that way. Uh, where are we at here? This is on BizPack Review. Uh, Trudeau announces a bill to quote freeze handgun ownership in Canada. We're capping the market. And uh, this guy is, uh, you know, he's such a uh, limp-wristed, he's so, uh, such a pansy. He's so effeminate. Yes. And yeah. how how do regular men allow this little dictatorial turd? To, dude, how, how did this happen? That, that man. Complacency. Dude, he's such a little pencil neck. I, the the thing is, if we're not careful here, we're gonna have the same thing here. I mean, there's what's the difference between a pencil neck and a, which? I mean, the thing is though, too, like that that dictator is running the show there. Here, Barack Obama, another pencil neck, peanut head. No, just another pencil neck, mom jean wearing effeminate blowhard. Yeah, as calling the shots here. But yeah, yeah uh, so Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau previewed a quote dystopian future for Canada on Monday, announcing a proposed ban on the sale, transfer, and importation of all handguns nationwide, stripping citizens of their means of self-defense. The leftist Canadian leader made the announcement during a press conference and adamantly stated that country citizens have no business carrying guns without the explicit intent to hunt with them or use them for sport. Hmm. Yeah, so like this, and one Canadian killed by gun violence is him. Is one too many. That's why we've banned 1,500 types of military-style assault firearms, and that's why today we've introduced legislation to further strengthen gun control in Canada. Wow. So two years ago, they banned 1,500 models of assault-style weapons. So what happened in the last two years? Norway was the place that had the, the guy that, that went on a big rampage. Oh, yeah. He went to the island over there and killed yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, Norway. Uh-huh. That's right. Oh, hey, we had this up. Oh, yeah. Look, that's part of it. Uh-huh. How handy. Look at there. I, I guess they... Yeah, so we'll go ahead uh, and play... Uh, they took... They put both of these together. Yeah, here. here uh, so his wording eerily echoes that of President... Resident Joe Biden, who commented on Monday that 9mm handguns are a threat in America that has to be addressed, he posted that there is, quote, no rational basis for such a high-caliber weapon for self-protection, bluntly calling for a ban on them. So let's see what happens. 
and they showed me a, 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 a x-ray. He said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung, and we can probably get it out, maybe able to get it, and save the life. A 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high-caliber weapons is of, there is simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just, I remember the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. It, it is absolute, number one. That, that's the most important thing. But uh, there's no justification for self-defense or hunting. So we, you can take hunting completely out of the equation because that's not – the Second Amendment doesn't have anything to do with hunting. It's like they were saying, like, you know, deer don't wear Kevlar vests. Deer aren't tyrants trying to take your constitutional God-given rights, number one. Number two – what difference does it make if it's, if it's used for self-defense? What difference does it make? It doesn't. It wouldn't matter if it was a cannon if you were legally justified in using it in self-defense. Obviously, they, so there, there was a, a few years ago when he was going on this same spiel about, you know, you don't need an AR-14. Uh, get, get your wife a 12-gauge shotgun. Like and so a twelve gauge shotgun's not going to blow blow your lung out because obviously as anybody listening to this I'm sure knows a nine millimeter is not high caliber it's not going to blow your lung out x y and z and and uh, you you can in theory I mean you can get messed up off a twenty two on like you know there's you know nuances to everything in certain circumstances that may make one thing you know what I mean like. None of that set in stone what you just said but us expecting you to say something coherent accurate and knowledgeable is that would make us the fool. So, I mean, all you're, you're basically a stupid quote factory. So the, but, but for him to say that about a nine millimeter, but then advocate that women should shoot people with a 12 gauge, a 12 gauge has a, some likelihood to actually maybe expose your lung. Like if, yeah. if you're shot with a 12 gauge with some buckshot at cl- or a slug, yeah, some crazy things tend to happen. Some stuff gets blown against the wall. Like, yeah, that that's a, that's a lot of uh, power, especially in close quarters where it's designed to be used, and that's what you advocated for. But the nine millimeter is bad; it'll blow your lung. This guy's especially if it's a double barrel. Yeah, there you go, dude. Double barrel, twelve gauge. Yeah. But but not to mention though, an AR fifteen with a five five six round is not a. Uh, Hang on, a fourteen or fifteen? Both, whatever. Okay, uh, but the. Oh yeah, so when I said AR fourteen, that was his. That was quoting him directly. So oh, I know. Yeah, he conflated that. So the AR fifteen is not that. That's that's a very easy shooting gun. I know you, you know? can't even hunt with an AR. Right, but I mean, I'm just saying, like for target when you're target shooting, like it doesn't have a lot of recoil. Yeah. So it's a great gun for a woman if you're gonna you know use it for self defense in your home. Or, or I thought women shot AR fifteens. I mean, I thought men shot AR tens. Hey, you know, I'm not arguing anything. I'm not here to argue. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, the, I know we just need Joe here to start apologizing. <laughs> He'll like that. He'll appreciate it. No, he's sick. He's under the weather. His allergies are flared up. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm, I'm going to start calling him Sandy. You can draw your own conclusions. Uh huh. Sandy's under the weather. So we love you, Sandy. <laughs> but the uh, yeah. So, but to suggest that they should, should trade the R15 for a 12 gauge, like, dude, and. 
who wants to shoot a 12 gauge, uh, you know, target shoot a 12 gauge or even, you know, trap shoot a 12 gauge. I mean, that, that's fun, but you know, that gets tiresome. Like, Not more than about three or four times. Yeah. And so, but to suggest to put that, you know, give that to a woman like here, this is a great idea. Like, and again, expecting him to say something competent is if you expect that you're the dumb, you know? Yeah. But it's, this guy's such a knucklehead. You can see, I, I believe that was a secret service agent standing there like this. What is this guy thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was watching him to see if he was going to make any kind of. No, he didn't. He, his credit, he he was emotionless. Yeah, I guess he's used to it by now. So, and I remember too reading stories, the accounts of some of the uh, Secret Service agents. So one supposedly punched Joe Biden because he had been uh, skinny dipping in front of the female agents some years back during the Obama years when he was vice president. Really. And, well, dude, and the thing is, too, we, like, that story broke before we knew the, the full-fledged extent via Hunter Biden's laptop of how perverted. Dude, you, just to recap our other story, you were sending porn links to your dad. Probably at his dad's request. Hey, if you get any good ones, make sure you send them to me. Yeah, I would I would say that's just, like, all joking aside, that's probably a safe bet. I'd take that bet. Yeah, I would say so. Very safe bet. What are the odds on that? Let's get a line on it. 100%. Hey, we know this guy. Robbie Starbuck. Don't let any leftists tell you that they'll stop. If that'll, if they'll stop at AR-15s, they just won't. Let's look at Canada. Well, and then one of the things, too, when we're looking at all this, is that, because uh, now Beta, Beta, we don't have to play it. Beta O'Rourke, that's right, I said Beta, is back out saying that we're going to take your guns, and which he's done this before, he's flip-flopped on it. They're never saying anything about taking guns from criminals. Their their only answer is to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Is this that'll solve anything? That solves nothing. And not only that, when they talk about because there's a lot of misconceptions about probably not by people that listen to this show, but to explain it, when they talk about a quote unquote universal background check, and it, which that would again quote unquote close the gun show loophole. There is no gun show loophole. If you're a dealer at a gun show, you you have to, to do the federal firearms background check at your booth. But now I can go in as a private citizen. There's other private citizens attending. I'm not a dealer. I can strap, in theory, I've never done this. I'm not a big gun guy. But you could strap uh, you know, a rifle on with a tag on it. Hey, I, you know, $600. And Billy Bob walks up. Hey, I'd like that for $600. It's completely legal to you have a private transaction between two people. So... Or even still, if your uncle Jake wants to sell you his 308 deer rifle, you can buy that. Or if he wants to gift it to you, but with their rules, but what they would, what they want, what they call closing the quote unquote gun show loophole, would stop private sales altogether at a gun show or not. And keep in mind that both these guns in, the, in Buffalo, here, Aurora. Sandy Hook, all these guns were bought legally through a background check. So, quote-unquote universal background checks, that's not like an in-depth review and a mental assessment and all the... That doesn't do any in-depth things. So, it wouldn't change any of these shootings. Absolutely not. Is what you're saying. No, it wouldn't. And, dude, I'm not like this... Like, again, I have absolute firm belief and support in all, you know, in in the Second Amendment, but I'm not... Like, there's a Second Amendment culture of these... Like, I'm not that... But dude, this this is a God given right, so everybody should know about it. And so, private sale. I mean, what other constitutional right do we need to freeze or modify or tamp down before it's gone? 
because that's what that's what this is. You you want you want to keep crushing it until it doesn't exist. No, the answer is it, you, you can't let that happen. And so, and again, y'all y'all are y'all are civil supposed to be civil servants. And as, again, I'm starting to really question the elected portion. You know, so and yeah. hey, look, and the thing is too. There's variables to that equation too. Unless Donald Trump would have never won, it, there, there's variables and certainly I can't pretend to good point. I can't pretend to know everything. Obviously, like I don't know, but it stands to reason. But I, I think that that inherent amount of manipulation occurs, and, and I think what we saw. I think that that yeah, manipulation is probably been going going on at certain points in time with regularity for a long time. But I think they they make calculated slash educated guesses, and I think he was. I think that after their four years of complete nonsense of trashing that dude, and and just putting him through the most adversity any sitting president that I've ever seen went through, they didn't realize how popular their their standardized attacks that people were wise to and sick of made him. And now that's the thing, dude. Nobody likes seeing anybody get something stolen from him. He's got more support now than he did if they would have left him alone. People, he would not be near. He is so extremely and ridiculously popular and beloved because the amount of duress you put, you attacked him. Like you, you would not, unrelenting assault is why people are, are, are so enamored with that guy and his leadership style. Not to mention the things that he did and the things that he tried to do in spite of their blocking him on everything that they could. So, like always, I don't know how I even got there, but you can't, you can't. You, you can't let this continue with the uh, them talking about confiscation. Like, yes. But that brings us to... Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. You can never... As they say, never say never. I know. And, Never's a long well, time. It, it's it's like anything, and in, in you have to cultivate and um, take care of and and pay attention to and maintain... You're, you're, by your respons- civic responsibility to your country. Like, you have a civic obligation. And even at a certain point, if 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 elections aren't working and, and mathematically people start to realize that, and that happened with this, this presidential election, the numbers do not add up, then people's involvement needs to surpass merely voting. Now you got to become more engaged in that civic process. Like, and so that's the thing. A lot of the rhetoric... Like, people like what you said, like, oh, if they come for my guns, it should never get that far because if you do your civic duty and your civil obligation to have the benefit to have been a, a citizen and be born or otherwise a, a citizen of the United States of America, you have an obligation, dude. This this is the greatest country on the planet, dude. It's the easiest life to live in. But that also breeds complacency. And I think that when people start to see that dissipate and when it looks less and less attainable that we can get back to what we once were, that's when people are going to get spurred to action. And I've talked about this before, and by action, I don't mean necessarily violence. I mean the things I'm describing. And and you're because you're seeing it. The, this hearing the other day was packed. But dude, 2,000 mules has had a great effect. And so now, like I said before, it's one thing to know that, that they have the general kind of uh, abstract feeling that this happened, but then to start to see... The, the preview we just watched, and then when you look at 2,000 Mules, to see the mechanics, the the grotesque innards of how this worked, that 
that's not fun. And dude, again, the media worked overtime to suppress this for a reason, just like they did that laptop. And mark my mark my words right now, the media will eventually be forced forced to admit that that what was in that movie was accurate in due time. It might take a year. It might take two years. It'll happen. They'll ha- they'll be forced to admit that these things happened and they were accurate. Eventually, there won't be an option to deny it because it, everybody's it, it's and they'll do it like they always do. They'll just start to to kind of talk about it like it's yeah. <laughs> that's what's so sickening is it takes so long, and you have this nitwit in there. Like a wrecking ball. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like you got the Tasmanian devil in there. Just in there, just spinning around, seeing how much damage can be done. And all you can do is just sit there and watch it. It's almost like you're just sitting on the sidelines and watching a tornado go through your hometown and destroy it. Yeah, I get that mentality. And, and, and yeah, that's true. But like I said before... I'm not just generically saying, "Hey, you should throw money at this th- at this group." No, dude. Fine. Verbal support's one thing. Hey, man, we stand behind you. We're with you. Like you see these comments on social media for for uh, Greg Phillips. He's got a huge following now because this dude, his legitimacy is it's it's bona fide. People see it. It's evident. It's obvious. Yeah, we support you. The country's behind you. Okay, well, babe, I think that a little financial push collectively would give give this organization the steam it needs to continue this fight like from the sidelines yeah like you can maintain your 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 regular life and do your thing but man these people the people like I said before that are doing the heavy lifting require financing to be able to do this and do they do they have to have it oh not necessarily will it pay dividends i believe that it will and that's why i, I i'm not saying that just just to say it i i'm going to do it I am doing it with Project Veritas. I'm just saying that's that's the type of things, one of many things that people can do to help start to not only rectify this, but change law and prevent this in the future. That's the most important part. Yeah. But, again, we all know that's why people on here, they are listening to Blue Collar, Blacklisted, for a reason. And it's not this. It is because of this week, an idiot cross-dressing, confused moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job wackos. That's right. This week in idiot cross-dressing, confused moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job wackos. He's a fag. First up, we have a. I, I, do you like NASCAR? Man, I don't. I don't watch any sports. I, it, would NASCAR even be considered a sport? I mean, driving in a circle is that considered a sport? I mean, they're going pretty fast. They're going like two hundred miles an hour. Are they going that fast? I thought only yeah. Indy went that fast. Oh yeah, they 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 get like two oh four, I think, is something like that. Really? Yeah, they're, they're dude. When because when when you see them like uh, when you got the camera down at track level and they pass, oh dude, these guys are they're moving. I thought they were going like one hundred fifty. I watched a video. Uh, I've gone one hundred fifty. Uh, I, I thought you know like when when people are racing in the United States, they'll say like, oh, this was uh, took place in Mexico. So I was watching a video of a supercharged Mustang. We we've got a mutual friend that that has a supercharged Mustang. That's uh, he let me drive and. 
talk about it a lot. It's, it was very fun. And so I was explaining to somebody, I was like, well, let's see if there's any videos of one of those on YouTube. So I was like, oh, this is on the Autobahn. I was like, yeah, right. Which after he he hit uh, 200 mile per hour with it on a uh, public road, uh, when it when he was slowing down, you could see like there was like European vehicles, like trucks and stuff, like the commercial trucks. You could tell it was it was not in America, but and it, and by the way, it was in miles per hour, not kilometers, because it, you know it was, it was an American car, oh, yeah. like two hundred miles an hour, dude. Wow. <laughs> Needless to say, he was he was moving, dude. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. Somebody in NASCAR might be wrecking into somebody else's rear end and causing some damage. I bet that'll be nasty. I'd say so. Because this is a tweet from NASCAR. As we celebrate the LGBTQ plus community, we acknowledge that recent actions have not aligned with NASCAR's mission to be a welcoming sport for all. We remain steadfast in our commitment to create a more inclusive environment in our workspaces at the racetrack and in the stands. (laughs) So here you have a rainbow pride starting line. And so let me see if I can try to take apart this flag. I'm not good at this. So we have the stereotypical rainbow flag. And somebody I saw on social media, when I say social media, I'm referring to truth social. That's the only social media we have. We don't have Instagram or, well, we're going to close it. We closed Twitter because it's commie stuff. And I don't think Elon Musk is going to go for that anyways. And I don't care if he does. I'm not like a huge Elon Musk fan. But anyways, I, I digress. The blue part with a circle, I don't know what that means. That's that's not blue and circle. That's yellow with a purple circle. I know that the pink and blue is tranny. Okay. I don't see. know what brown Pink. and black is. I guess that's BIPOC. I, I, and so I have, uh, and I've, I've, if anybody's listened to the show for any amount of time knows I've got a coworker that like hates Bubba Wallace. I don't like Bubba Wallace either, but I like Bubba Wallace. Let me see how I'm trying to say this. Is he gay? Bubba Wallace? Yeah. Oh, no. He's, oh, married, he's-, to a, uh, he's married to a really pretty woman. He's a race-baiting blowhard, but he's not a homo. Okay. Uh, in, in a traditional sense, at least, anyways. I don't think that he likes to uh, have intercourse with men. Okay. So, but, uh, but if you like NASCAR, you might want to check after this and see if you like men. I don't know. So, now, how was NASCAR founded? Wasn't it like racing moonshine across dirt roads and stuff? It was something along those lines, and then like so, it's just stock car, literally stock car racing. So what it became after it was commercialized was the manufacturers putting forth their cars to to race, and like then you can like so here's the car in the race, you can buy it at the dealership, you know. But like it, obviously it's evolved so 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 far past that with like the the technology and whatnot. The the vehicles aren't anywhere remotely close to representatives of what you buy at the dealership, which I'm not a fan of. So that does sound pretty feminine. That's sarcasm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's there. Well, yeah, so uh, Q-Tip is the nickname for my coworker because he's an older guy with white puffy hair. So, and all my nicknames stick like glue. Q-Tip. You know, he, he can't, he doesn't realize that like NASCAR doesn't want people like him and the rebel flag and stuff like that as a, as a fan anymore. And so <laughs> I, and I knew like this tweet would like send him into the stratosphere. And of course it did. And, like, he's like, yeah, and it's stereotypical of his behavior. He's a dumb old redneck. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, did you, like, print it out or anything? No, I just showed him on my phone. Like, dude, it's not even worth all that anymore. I mean, if, if like, everybody, like, we're understaffed and everybody's, like, stressed out. And it's, dude, it's so, like, the workload's increased and the, the, uh, the amount of employees has decreased. 
and so my immaturity, you know, has had to take a back seat to to the to the work. So, yeah, I didn't get to print it out. Like you know, under, under normal circumstances with a full staff, oh yeah, I would have printed it out all day. But uh, he uh, he wasn't happy about it. He's like, you don't you don't you don't know what you're talking about. I, was like, oh, I don't think I think it's you that don't know what you're talking about, man. NASCAR left you behind, dude. They ain't interested in you as a fan. And so I actually told him and, and uh, one of our distri- distribution reps. One day, I, and I kind of got, like, actually hostile because, like, they kept talking trash on Bubba Wallace. And, like, dude, I think Bubba Wallace sucks, sure. But, like, dude, you don't have to watch it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, like, that you – it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, you hate the guy so much. Like, why are you still watching? Because NASCAR wants to promote him, and they don't want you as a fan. They've made that known. Why are you still watching it? Turn it off. And the, and the distribution rep actually – actually stop watching because of that tirade. He's like, I ain't watched it since you said that. Cause it was a good point. Of course, Q-Tip will never stop watching because he's just a dumb old hillbilly. And this is all he knows. Like he lives for this. Like, dude, of course his idol is Dale Earnhardt. And, uh, <laughs> I wonder what Dale Earnhardt would think about this. I have no idea. I don't know anything about Dale Earnhardt, but yeah. Hey, it's gay NASCAR. Gay NASCAR. Go gay NASCAR. Like, hey, I love it, dude. Cause I'm not a NASCAR fan. So, so I always thought NASCAR was kind of gay. <laughs> this is not so funny. Throughout This is the U.S. Marines tweet. Throughout June, the USMC takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of LGBTQ service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend values of treating all equally with dignity and respect. Pride Month, USC, proud to serve. And there's the bullets in the helmet, which are very violent bullets, but they're rainbow colored. Like Those will blow your lungs out. And look gay while they do it. Just look at this. I, I saw this. Yeah. And people were talking about China. Yeah. And, yeah, they were saying, yeah, just imagine what China's thinking and, and how many people in China are laughing at us. Well, dude, like this. the Marines, by my estimation, have always been like the, the symbol of American grit. Like, yeah. dude, the toughest of the tough. Like, yeah. And, you know, my brother is not tough. I love my brother. He, he was a Marine. And one of the things he had said years ago, like, you know, they call them the devil dogs. He's like, there's no more devil in the dog anymore. Like, and yeah, this, this is not, this, this doesn't, this makes a lot of people not happy. I'm sure. What about the world health organization? Do we have anything on them? Yeah, we do. Gateway Pundit, the world health organization says it's important that prize celebrations do not change over monkey pox concerns. Hmm. Seems legitimate. Yeah. The World Health Organization says that people should not change their plans to attend pride celebrations over monkeypox outbreaks. The leading theory for the reason for rapid spread of the virus is sex between men at two raves in Europe. Quote, it's important that people who want to go out and celebrate gay pride, LGBTQ plus pride, to continue to go and plan to do so. Andy Seal, a strategies advisor for the WHO Department of Global HIV, Hepatitis and Sexually Transmitted Infectious Program, said during a press briefing on Monday, according to The Hill, quote, there is no specific transmission route that we need to be worried about. There's definitely a joke there, Seal said. It is, really is connected to the fact that there have been a couple events that have perhaps amplified the current outbreak. Last week, World Health Organization issued public health advice for gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. Quote, it is important to note that the risk of monkeypox is not limited to men who have sex with men. Anyone who has close contact with someone who is infectious is at risk. However, given that the virus is being identified in these communities, learning about monkeypox will help ensure that as few people as possible are affected and that the outbreak can be stopped. The guidance said, can we click on that? I want to, 
what you need to know, an outbreak of, of a disease called monkeypox is happening in some... Ga- I would like Kamala Harris to explain this to these people. In some countries where the virus is not typically found, some of these cases are being found in communities of gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. Transgender people and gender-diverse people may also be more vulnerable in the context of the current outbreak. Symptoms... <laughs> I, 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 I'm having a hard time keeping it PG. Like the Okay. You're supposed to be the World Health Organization. Monkeypox are spreading at gay rays, but people should not stop gay raving. That's right. Right. Yeah, I was just reading. This. Make sure the gay raves continue. At a NASCAR event would be great because it would be welcome yeah. there. Do it on the finish line. I don't know. So I guess they're kind of saying gay raves and NASCAR is the same thing. Uh, I mean, at least they hope it to be. I kind of, I, I kind of thought they were the same. You know. Yeah. Wow. Huh. What I find interesting. Wait, 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 wait. Can you go back to that? I'm sorry. Yes. It just it just said at the very bottom. So that they just said, who said don't stop gay raving? Here, protect yourself and others by isolating at home and talking to a health worker if you have symptoms. Oh, so it only wants you to isolate if you have symptoms. But then you're not included. That's not very inclusive because dude, if you have monkeypox and you still want to gay rave, then what? Yeah. What should you do? Should you still gay rave? We can't say because we don't want to get any legal trouble if you spread monkeypox. Yeah, that's right. We don't we don't want the liability of that. Yeah, because number one, you would feel terrible. Oh, it'd be horrible. So we had a story that we're going to do last week that Buford wanted to roll over this. This is not in our special segment. This is an amendum on Black Rifle Coffee Company because a lot of people talking about Second Amendment culture. A lot of people like Black Rifle Coffee Company. Have never had their coffee. But I know that they I've had... I've never had their coffee either. You know, they they uh, they pretty much uh, disavowed Kyle Rittenhouse as if he was some kind of murderous criminal be- before, you know, his trial. And I was never a fan since. But this is on uh, Big League Politics. Stakeholders accused Black Rifle Coffee, coffee Company CEO of fraud and blistering public letter. Evan Hafer, chairman and CEO of Black Rifle Coffee Company, is being accused of fraud by the company's own stakeholders. 1791 Management LLC issued a public letter addressed to Hafer on May 17th, claiming that Hafer may be one of the most dangerous CEOs in America for the harm caused to shareholders and military veterans by his actions. 1791 Management LLC represents shareholders of the Black Rifle Coffee Company. Please do not confuse our stake as a vote of confidence in the company's leadership, they stated. We have conducted a thorough review of your company, including actions by management and reviews of your SEC filings. Combining this with our numerous conversations with Black Rifle lawyers and executives, we have uncovered what we believe to be the most harrowing strategy to line your pockets at the expense of others, 1791 Management added. They're blowing the whistle about Hafer's profiteering behavior and shameless exploitation of military veterans and to line his pockets. Furthermore, we believe your action as a CEO reveals a pattern of gross negligence and dereliction of duty that can expose the company to a tsunami of litigation, which we believe your public shareholders deserve to be made aware of, they stated. We believe your plan was designed to artificially inflate your stock price by keeping the availability of Black Rifle's stock off the market. 1791 Management wrote in the letter before laying out the fraud blueprint they believe Hafer followed. Just in case you hadn't noticed, Mr. Hafer, Black Rifle lost $4.8 billion in value from down from $7.3 billion to $2.5 billion over the three-month period that you made tens of millions off your own stock. I find it hard to believe you were looking out for your shareholders as you are raking in the money. My heart sincerely goes out to each of those that were not so fortunate, they added. Big League Politics 
reported on how the Black Rifle Coffee Company through Second Amendment hero and free is, wow, free is F-word, exonerated patriot Kyle Rittenhouse under the bus when he was being crucified for exercising his right to self-defense against left-wing terrorists in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Quote, Black Rifle Coffee Company, company based in Salt Lake City, is not defending 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. That was, the, that was that article. The company said that it was against the, a tweet the Blaze Media reporter Elijah Schaefer posted that featured Rittenhouse wearing a Black Rifle Coffee Company shirt. Captioned, Kyle Rittenhouse drinks the best coffee in America. Rittenhouse was released on November, 2020, November 20th of 2020 after supporters were able to raise $2 million for his bail. In the tweet, Schaefer posted a discount code for the coffee. Sarah Tabin of the Salt Lake Tribune noted that online Twitter users questioned whether the coffee company had a sponsorship deal with Rittenhouse and accused it of supporting hate, murder and hate. And so this prompted Black Rifle Coffee, the sponsor of the slightly offensive podcast, to release a statement on November 21, declaring that it, had, it is not sponsoring or supporting Rittenhouse. And initially, there was a misunderstanding about the company withdrawing its sponsorship of Slightly Offensive. However, a spokesperson for the company told the Salt Lake Tribune on November 21st that we are not fluctuating our ad spend. The coffee spokesperson added, we did have a conversation with Schaefer, and he understands that that post was a mistake. She stressed, we don't traffic in national tragedy, and to us, that's what this is. We are not legal experts or members of law enforcement. We fully support all law enforcement officials and believe in the integrity of the legal system. Hafer appears to believe he can grift conservatives out of their money while laughing at their heroes and their ideals. However, if the allegations from 1791 management are legitimate, it seems a shyster overpriced coffee operation may be coming to an end. That would kind of be uh, poetic justice for him, I suppose. Yeah. Can't be crooked. I just find that story interesting because so many people are so quick to get behind something that has a gun on it. Well, I mean, that, and and I'm not, I'm not saying that gun culture is necessarily bad, but I think that that it's kind of like anything. Like, I, I think that just by virtue of someone. Well, okay, we'd be kind of akin to the conversation we had last week about Elon Musk because he currently is saying things that are supportive of the First Amendment. And so people gravitate towards that because, dude, everybody loves their constitutional First Amendment right and the second. And so they, they gravitate towards that because they, and they imagine, not, you know, it's not unreasonable that these people are benevolent and until they give you reason not to. I mean, Black Rifle Coffee Company was probably saying and possibly has done some good things in the past. But I think that time is, is past. Yeah, I had no idea they were that. Talking about billions of dollars. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I, I thought it was Man. kind of like a niche thing. Yeah, that, but I mean, coffee is like one of the biggest. I mean, profit margin deals, is it not? I think you can make a whole lot of money on coffee. Like, yeah, I would, I would say so. But uh, well, obviously, but the yeah, but it just shows how. I just think it's interesting how fast people. Some people will jump on anything that is gun-related without doing any kind of research, just like lemmings. And I had mentioned something about Black Rifle Coffee Company to someone before, and they were like, oh, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. And, and then <laughs> this comes out. Yeah. You know? Did you send it to them? Not yet, because I don't know the guy very good. Oh, I got you. Like, I don't have his contact information. Yeah. But I'll see him tomorrow, because 
I'm going to go to his place of employment. Just to harass him. Yeah. Dude, always a good idea. And I'll probably have this printed out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're dedicated. I'll give it to you. Oh, I am. We wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't dedicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is a long one, and that is our show for this evening. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. And uh, just to reiterate, that's, you can find us on the web at bcblpodcast.com. Email us info at bcblpodcast.com. Truth Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. Again, just to reiterate, if you want to get a copy of Dan Schultz Precinct Strategy, leave us a five-star review. We'll do it by timestamp. Send it to info at bcblpodcast.com. Send us a screenshot of it, and the first one to do it will get a free book. So, boom, roasted. Thank you, and see you guys next week. Take care. That's too true for radio. No, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Nashville ain't got any balls anymore They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show But that's too true for radio